Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Yeah, God, we do want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the promises of your word. Uh, We want to pray for an attentiveness today to hear your word. Uh, May the words that I speak be the words of your spirit. Uh, If there's something in us that needs attention that you want to speak into, that we would pay attention to that, that we'd wade deeper into your love and what you don't want us to take a hold of, that we would simply lay down so that we would be focused and attentive to your spirit. And in all this, we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we have been uh, exploring over the last few weeks the wildlife. What does it look like to live the wildlife? What does it look like to really pursue the wildlife? Um, Understanding that many of us might have varying degrees of understanding of what wildness might look like. Um, you know, some of us, you know, putting our pyjamas on at 9, 9.30 might be pretty wild for us. You know, that's, that's late. Um, going to bed at 10 o'clock, uh, that might be wild for you. I don't know. Some of us, it might be rock climbing. That might be the wildlife. Some of us, uh, I, I don't know. I've got no examples whatsoever. That's how boring I am. Um, I don't know. Who, uh, motorbikes? Racing car, who's, ah, Susie, yeah, have you got a motorbike yet or are you still going around your, yeah, yeah, working on, work in progress. So, uh, but look, there's, there's lots of examples of wildlife and some of us have probably thought, I've lived the wildlife and I don't want to go back there. Some of us have probably thought, oh, that was my, when I was a younger uh, man or woman and I don't need to go back there, I don't want to experience that again, that was way beyond anything that I've ever uh, want to experience But I want to suggest, and we've been suggesting over these last few weeks, that uh, to follow Jesus is the full expression of the wildlife. Uh, To follow Jesus isn't simply about uh, adoring Jesus, it's not simply about knowing Jesus, it's not even about worshipping Jesus. Interestingly, Jesus never says, come worship me, he always points to his Father. Our task is to to worship God and follow Jesus. Um, Jesus is the way to be followed. Jesus demonstrates a way of life the wildlife, if you like, that turns every social structure on its head. Every social structure, every political structure, uh, every uh, status symbol, every way in which people are treated, it gets turned upside down according to the perspective of anyone who was alive at that time, but the right way up according to the kingdom of God. And so we've been exploring this idea of what it is to be transformed so that we live the wildlife. And we've been playing around in these verses that Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, particularly these verses. We've used uh, verses 13 to 26, uh, but I just wanted to sit in these verses today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. A couple of notes here. Firstly, 
Uh, we've been doing this series out of sequence. Now, I, I haven't read anything that said there is a particular order. I haven't seen anything or any scholar that's written that says that must happen in this. Uh, it's a couple of grammatical things, perhaps. It's the fruit of the spirits. The, sorry, not the spirits. The fruit of the spirit. Uh, so there's plenty of conversations around this. These are all uh, elements of one fruit. It's an expression of life, if you like. Uh, whether you want to play around and say that they're different segments of the same fruit, how that's uh, thought about and expressed, uh, but also uh, the nature of the order of them. While I haven't seen anything that said um, that there must be a sequence, uh, and we haven't done them in sequence just because of practicality, there is an element that says in this, as I, as I was considering it, that we must bear this fruit because of the freedom that we have in Jesus. Paul writes in start at chapter 5, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burned by a yoke of slavery. So we need to understand this, this fruit comes out of the freedom that is in Christ. This is not about restrictions. This is not about burdens. This is not about hardships. This is not about ticking a box. This is not about rules and regulations. This is about discovering the true freedom. And this, in many ways, does our heads in because we think freedom has the capacity to do what we want. And you know what? Yes. You are free to do whatever you like. But what we discover in that freedom is if we think we can go and do whatever we like according to the way that we do it, is actually we don't discover any freedom or experience any freedom because we become restricted, we become burdened, we become overwhelmed with a sense of guilt or shame or disappointment and the pain and the disappointment and the hurt that we actually cause other people as well takes away their freedom. But to live in freedom in Christ unleashes and releases a new perspective, a new point of view. A new understanding, like I say, turns the world upside down. So we've got to work out whether we're living in freedom for which Christ has set us free or we're living in freedom for our own selfish desires. The other thing to consider that uh, while I said there's no particular order, there's an internal work, internal work that must happen in us to be able to express this wildlife in an external way perspective we can only express and express patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness gentleness and self-control if we are willing to know and experience and have this work of the holy spirit do his work of love joy and peace within us and so many of us spend a great deal of time <clears throat> arguing because we think we need to earn God's favour or love. But we don't want to do this to earn God's favour or love. We want to do this because of his favour and love and out of his favour and love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 says, Love is patient and love is kind. So it's a very real expression. Love comes and out of love there is patience and kindness. Colossians chapter 3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ set your hearts with Christ, set your hearts on things above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. So the way that we live, the way that we engage with one another must very much come out of what God has done through Jesus. Follow me so far? Some of you are going, yeah, we know that. And there's a difference between knowledge and experience though, isn't there? There's a difference between understanding that and here and living it out because we have it so deeply immersed in here in our spirits. Secondly, uh, so that was the first note I wanted to make today. Secondly, I had a very real sense as I was preparing this message today that a number of people are sitting here right now who don't believe they are worthy of anyone's kindness. Now, I don't know who you are, I've got no names that have come to mind except to say, uh, sorry, let me go back, you don't believe that you're worthy of anyone's kindness, especially don't believe that God has expressed his kindness to you or that you're even worthy of God's kindness to you. I want to say to you today that you are worthy of God's love and you are worthy of God's kindness. And God has fully expressed himself through Jesus and expressed his kindness to you through the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Now you can sit here and you might be even arguing now in your head, Simon, you don't know what I've done, you don't know where I've been, you don't know what I've thought, dot, 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 yes and yes, I don't know any of that, but I know a God who does and he still he says, I love you and my kindness is fully expressed to you because of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. There is no barrier that you can raise up that stops me chasing after you. So I don't know who needs to receive that today. Maybe that's, I believe it's someone here, at least and one person, at least. How do I encourage you in this? Well, it's Acts chapter 2. I came up, really uh, resonated with me. Uh, Peter had stood up before the church. What was the church at that time, just after the resurrection of Jesus? And there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things happening. There's flames of fire coming down like tongues and there's people speaking in various languages so everyone understands the good news. It makes perfect sense. I mean, it would, it would do our heads in if it happened today. I mean, this had never happened before in the history of the church. It was all happening. People thought they were drunk. And Peter explains the good news. Um, and then... All the people standing there listening that, well, we're so, we're so overwhelmed by what you're saying, we're so struck by what you're saying, what must we do? And they say, therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. For all who are far off. <laughs> this is good news. This is an expression of God's kindness for you. You might feel like you are far off and maybe there's a reality of that because you've been running away and I believe in a God who still says, you know what, I am chasing after you. 
and I'm expressing, I have expressed my kindness to you and all you need to do is receive that invitation, repent, turn around, have a different spirit, have a different heart, have a different mind, have a different way of thinking about your life and that will change your behaviour and be baptised. So if you're in that place today, we're going to have a baptism service in December. Is it, what's the date? Have we got that? December 16th? Somewhere around that? Thank you. Uh, so if you haven't yet been baptised by immersion, there's some forms out in the uh, foyer. Sorry, words are struggling to come today. Yeah, you ever have moments where you just go, I'm working really hard and I don't feel like much is coming? You ever have moments like that? Okay. We'll keep going anyway, because I think this is important. And I hope that you receive something. So kindness is a word that, you know, I was thinking about this word. Um, and, you know, this is... Kindness kind of has this warm, fuzzy kind of feel about it. You know, you think of kindness and you go, nah. You know, Susie come up to me before the, ser- mess- the service this morning and she says, do you know, Simon, it's National Kindness Week this week? You know, what kind of world do we live in that we have to give a week to it? Like, just one week you have to be kind. That's all. If you're not usually kind, can you just do it for a week? That's, like, it's crazy. Our world is so screwy that we've got to give these days of awareness so that you feel better about being kind to each other. That's nuts. That's why we need this word. Because we've reduced this idea of kindness to some kind of warm fuzzy where a sense of being good or nice to someone else. And look, kindness comes in all shapes and sizes. We've seen enormous expressions of kindness over the last couple of weeks. There's no doubt about that. The McFarlane family, I know, um, in in Faye's illness um, and in the time of her uh, funeral and death in that period, I know the McFarlane family have experienced a great sense of blessing. I know the Smith, Jacoby, Beggs family have all experienced an overwhelming sense of kindness from friends and family in the community. So we're very good at being kind when there's a practical need, isn't there? We see a need, fill a need. Which movie is that? Robots, thank you very much. See a need, fill a need. And we can do that really easy. But it's, we have this struggle because it doesn't seem the norm and we become afraid, and especially in this age of legislation and uh, hardship, we're so afraid of upsetting someone that even National Kindness Week, we'll kind of go, oh, I'm not sure if I can do that. I'm not sure how I do that. Um, we respond out of fear, and we respond out of fear often because we don't want to be taken for a ride. Or, or we have been taken for a ride in the past, And so to express kindness, even in the smallest expression, today or tomorrow, creates in us a sense of, oh, what if this person takes advantage of me? You ever been there? And so kindness gets hijacked because we go, I've tried this. Yes, you have, as I'm sure we all have. 
But I think this is where we miss the point often and where we get sick of it and where we, get, where we have to have National Kindness Week because we've all been burnt. So we need to remind ourselves of what we want to pursue and the kind of humanity we want to be. So we need some wisdom and some guidance. But I want to suggest maybe more than just National Kindness Week, there's the opportunity to transform our community. And I couldn't escape this invitation into something much deeper and richer. Now, before I go into this, um, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. But it comes out of um, a couple of words, and uh, Jesus is very much introducing his ministry, and people are getting used to his ministry and who he is and what he does. Um, and Jesus has just finished and completed uh, expressing uh, what it looks like to live a life of blessing or those that will be blessed. And he says in chapter 6, verse 24, uh, But woe to you, there's, there's, it's always got to be dangerous when Jesus says but, but woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. And I read that and go, my goodness, I could be in a whole lot of trouble here. Except for the love and the grace of the Holy Spirit and the promise of Jesus. But I think then Jesus moves on, and this is where we're going to play around in, because he says another but. He starts, so he warns people with a but, and then he says but again. So woe to you when everyone speaks well of you. Woe to you if you laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you who are rich, because you've already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. But, look, there's a way to think about this. There's a perspective that you want to consider. There's a way to engage in this that might be a little bit different and a little bit upside down to what you're used to. But it could be redemptive work in you. Or it could be an expression of the redemptive work that Christ has already done. But to you who are listening, I say, now listening, you're listening to me, but the question is, are you listening to me? Because we can listen and not hear. So when Jesus uses this word, but to you who are listening, he's saying to you who will pay attention, to you who will actually take this, absorb it and live it out. Because these are the people who are really going to take it on. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them and give to everyone who asks of you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, we are very good at quoting verse 31, aren't we? Who's heard that as a child? Not very many, actually. How many has ever quoted to their children? Give, no, no, give, give to everyone who asks of you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Who's quoted that? Yeah. Do to others as you would have them do to you, which means do everything I've just said. Oh, has everyone just felt like they've had the wind knocked out of them? If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. 
So here's, I think, what Jesus is saying. You can expect to be ripped off. You can expect to be taken for a ride. You can expect that not everybody will receive your good-natured generosity in the way that you would hope, and you might even expect that you will not receive it back. Get used to it. But, again, but, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and your, you will be children of the Most High because He is the kind to... Sorry, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. In other words, participate in life with others in a way that they don't deserve. Just as the father participates in life with you in a way that you don't deserve. I'll let you recover a bit. Because it's hard, isn't it? Because my suspicion is, some of us are sitting here. Now, does anyone feel like they've got enemies? Don't put up your hands. It's okay. Does anyone feel like they've got enemies? Maybe not. Does anyone have in your life someone who just drives you nuts? Or you just look at them or the mere thought of them, you just want to give them all the love and grace of Jesus? We've all got those kind of people, haven't we? See, this is written to first century listeners and hearers where the Roman Empire, right? Ruthless Roman soldiers would walk around, demand things, put expectations, particularly on the Jewish community. There was this kind of this uneasy truce, uneasy understanding of how they would get along. But the Roman soldiers, I mean, they were a whole nother breed. They were James Bond multiplied. That's probably not a good example, is it? Come up with your own example. Um, they, you know, they, they were ruthless people. And here Jesus is saying to this group of people, those people who are your enemies, who they're very mindful of, Roman soldiers would have very much quickly come into their mind. The people on whom their lives could hang by a thread. So what is kindness? How is that expressed? Well, these are some words that came to me. And I put them all up there because maybe there's one word that just resonates for you. One word that you want to take and explore and discover what that might really mean. One word perhaps that you've forgotten that I've forgotten for myself. One word that perhaps you've lost sight of one word that perhaps God is highlighting that you need to go and work on. I think kindness is sacrificial. It's costly. We're told in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus emptied himself even to the point of death. Now, if we are followers of Jesus... Are we willing to express kindness to one another, even to those who annoy us, drive us nuts, whoever that might be, whether that's a family member, a boss or another employer, how can we empty ourselves so that Christ is glorified, so that God is revealed? Because everything that Jesus did in emptying himself, it was about showing us humanity, society, community, 
of God's love and it cost him everything. Kindness has some cost about it. I think kindness is an invitation. I think it's an invitation to actually trust beyond ourselves. Kindness actually demands that we choose if we believe that God holds everything or not. So if we don't get paid back, if we don't get recognised, if people take us for a ride, if people abuse that right and that privilege or if they wreck the things that we've lent them, do we trust God enough that he holds all that? Or is our lives so wrapped up and our worth so wrapped up in getting some recognition and making sure that our kind of worlds are protected? I think kindness is intentional. Where we respond to the whisper of the kingdom, where we respond to the whisper of the spirit, you know those moments where you wake up in the morning and that person who annoys you comes to mind and you might be thinking, oh, I've got to go and see them today. And God might actually be saying, how can you bless them today? How can you honour them today? How can you make their life better today? This is a hard word, isn't it? It's not like for like in kingdom world. The wildlife is not about like for like. The wildlife is about living um, in a way that blows people away, blows their minds, and then we're able to sit back and say, you know what, I do that only because God first loved me. Being kind is confronting because it's unexpected, it's against the flow. Being kind might even be extravagant. The story of Zacchaeus comes to mind. It's, it's more than the bare minimum. You know, Zacchaeus pays back more than what he stole and claims to pay back four times the amount if he cheated anyone as a tax collector. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. He's going to send himself broke. And yet this is what salvation did for Zacchaeus. I will pay back double and then if I have cheated anyone I will pay them back four times as much now what we don't know if Zacchaeus did that and do you know why I well I'm not going to say this is a scholarly piece of advice but I actually think that's an invitation for the reader of that story Zacchaeus in Luke 19 you can go read it for yourself I have to decide what it is that salvation has done for me and the way in which I want to release it to other people around me. I don't know if Zacchaeus did that. Did he stay true to his word? That's not actually my decision. It's not actually yours. That story and the fact that we don't know what Zacchaeus did is your invitation, my invitation, to decide how we step into the salvation that we've received. Kindness is extravagant. Kindness is obedience. John 13, the famous passage of John 13, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples as much as he washes the feet of the one who would betray him. The one who would betray him with a kiss, the kiss of a friend. 
Jesus washes their feet. And then he says in John chapter 13, verse 17, Now that you have seen me do this, you go and do the same. And you will know blessing. You will be blessed if you go and do this. Wait, 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 wait. hang on. <laughs> Jesus, you've just washed everyone's feet, including the feet of the one who will betray you. And now you're saying to me, I will be blessed if I go and do what you've just done. Now, I don't know what washing the feet looks like for us today, but maybe it's that sacrificial, unexpected, extravagant kind of expression of love. And finally, I think kindness is rewarding. Now, I put this here wanting to say it's, this isn't our motivation but I do believe it is rewarding, but it's not a reward that you and I can keep a record of or measure. It's not, as I said, it's not like for like. We've got to leave the rewarding up to our Heavenly Father. We've got to leave the rewarding up to our Heavenly Father. Uh, In verse, so we know in verse 31, do to others as you would have them do to you. Okay, well, that's not a guarantee really, is it? That's how you might like it, but that's not actually a guarantee. But then Jesus says uh, in verse 35, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them where they expect anything back, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. (laughs) Who is the ungrateful and the wicked? Be merciful. Live in a way that other people don't deserve as your Father is merciful. Now the question is, well, how do we do this? Well, Jesus has given us some insight. He has said in verse 27, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. How's that? Now, I know we live in an age where we, as legislation, I'm going to say, so can I say this? Um, you know, we, we want to be safe. Maybe some relationships that there's some boundaries in place. I'm not saying we um, want to put ourselves in unsafe positions or places where we either cause more damage in a relationship or other people cause more damage to us. There's, you know... It's not about going into an abusive relationship and allowing ourselves to be abused all over again. That's not what I'm suggesting. So it might be that how we speak about those people we find trouble with or how we speak about those people who have caused us pain in the past. How do we treat those who hate us? How do we speak life over those who curse us? And we can pray for those who mistreat us in the quietness, in the privacy of our own rooms. You know, it might be as simple as, should we be at work and we've offered everyone else a coffee except that annoying person? That we actually, righto, all right, God, here we go. And we step into their space and we say, hey, I'm making a coffee, do you want one? Or it might even be going and buy them a meal voucher and say, hey, you know, I know it's been tough over the last week, month, maybe our whole lifetime of working together, 
I just really feel like I need to bless you today. It might even be as a student, you know that annoying teacher as a student, you might want to write them a note and say, look, just recognise it's been hard, I want to thank you for the work that you've done. This is a hard word, isn't it? But kindness is this gift that comes out of a deep love and joy and peace that can release so much of the kingdom of God. Kindness can transform us if, as, as we're acting on it, out of it. If we're kind to others, it will do a transforming work in me as much as it might do in the transforming work in the person whom I'm seeking to treat with kindness. Following Jesus, it's risky. <laughs> it's costly. And we might not get the anticipated response. But we do it because it's out of Jesus, it's out of who Jesus is, it's out of the relationship that Jesus had with his Father. We get an opportunity to live out of God's kindness. Thanks team, if you want to come up. But we get an opportunity to live out of God's kindness. I can't tell you how to do that. This is the gift and the invitation for all of us. Now, I don't, as we sing this song, we're going to, the opportunity is there to pray. Maybe it's just something you need to go home and go into the quietness of your own room and say, Right, oh God, this is the person, this is my struggle, this is my hardship. You've got to show me something here. If that's what you need to do, can I encourage you to do it? Because we can talk about all these ideas. But I say to all who are listening, <laughs> love those who hate you. Do good to those who curse you. Pray for those who have treated you badly. And maybe, just maybe, no, not even maybe, Actually, I'd be pretty confident if we started doing that and taking that seriously and asking the Spirit to speak in our hearts and minds, we would be transforming our community. So if you need help in that, if you need prayer into that, I don't always, I'm not here to offer the solutions except to say I'll stand with you, I will pray with you and I know other people will do that as well. So if you need help in praying for a particular person or asking for prayer for a particular situation, we want to pray into that. We want to see miracles. We want to hear the stories that come out of it. What would kindness look like? Not just National Kindness Week, because it's the wildlife. Blessings as we sing our closing song.